Welcome to the mikvah.org podcast. The mikvah organization has been dedicated to the education and resources for Jewish family life since 1975-5735. You can support our vital work at mikvah.org forward slash donate. Thank you for your support and enjoy today's recording. Hi everyone, and welcome back to the Mothers of Children in Shidduchim podcast series. In this episode, we feature an interview with Mrs. Chani Leibovich, a well-known Chadchan from Hollywood, Florida, who has over 15 years of experience. Today, she addresses crucial questions that can help mothers and their children to prepare for and navigate the dating process. Okay, so let's jump right in with the first question, which is, what would you say are some general guidelines on how parents can work best with the Shadchan? Okay, so... I know that a lot of um, uh, like shidduch workshops and suggestions from shatranim are that a parent should reach out to multiple shatranim and try to get multiple shatranim to be aware of their child and describe who their child is and network. And I think that's probably mm-hmm. first and foremost uh, the best uh, plan. But a little behind the scenes um, suggestion I would have is um, Find a shatchan or two that you can befriend, somebody who you feel mm-hmm. you could trust, somebody who you feel you can go back to. If something came up from a different shliach, I mean, Hashem has decision. Hashem decided a long time ago who the shatchan is going to be for each couple. Um, and it's a big schus, but it's not It's not to be manipulated like the Ebeshter knows. So in my opinion, what could be so, so helpful in, a, in what feels sometimes like a very helpless process is to befriend a shatran to, you know, to just really develop a warm, open, transparent relationship so that they really, really get what your child is looking for, what you guys are looking for, what's worked, what hasn't worked. And there's just this, this sprach that will lend itself to helping the shidduch happen in the right time with the right person. Uh-huh. Okay. Thank you. Okay. So now let's get a little more specific. Um, what would you say, who should be in touch with the Shadchan? Should it be the parents that are in touch or should it be the young lady or man themselves being directly in contact with the Shadchan? In my opinion, the best recipe is both. That should be the parents and the person that is going to be meeting and looking for their Shadach. Because, um, you know, sometimes things get lost in translation. Sometimes just speaking to the actual single is what's going to get the shatran's thinking juices rolling. Mm-hmm. They're going to be able to help them pinpoint, you know, the personality pieces that maybe the parents just by definition can't properly convey. So I always tell people, I actually sometimes I feel like it's, I'm shooting myself in the foot because it's sometimes there's no time for it. But if it's, if at all possible to FaceTime or have a phone conversation with the single as well, it'll usually uh-huh. bear more accurate results. Okay, because they're the ones that are actually going out, you're saying. Yeah, and also, you know, I find that when I speak to a single, I like to speak to the parents, of course, as well, and I like to keep the parents updated throughout the process, of course. When I speak to the singles directly, I'm actually developing a communication and relationship with them as well. So then there's a certain 
there's a certain relationship I have with them. I can, I can understand what their journey has been like. I can help them. Mm -hmm. I can be a helpful guide. I can understand based on previous experience or previous conversations, what's works, what doesn't work, what's, what appeals, what doesn't. So it's just a very helpful tool. Okay. Thank you. I just, I, I'm sorry. Sorry. I would just say that I encourage parents to really encourage their children. I think that mm -hmm. sometimes, you know, I'm going to be honest. I think sometimes perhaps my generation and the generation older um, is a little uncomfortable. Like it's, it's, un, it's unusual for them. It's unexpected. And right. um, possibly could make a parent feel like they're being sidestepped and not necessarily such a part of their child's very important process. But in a healthy situation, that's not going to happen. The parents are very involved. It just really is a help, not a hindrance. Mm -hmm. Okay. Okay, so I guess kind of with that in mind, with who's, you know, having that communication and that it really does need to be both, um, when the parents are contacting the Shadchan, so sometimes I know parents contact the Shadchan for ideas, so how, how much communication should the parents have in asking the Shadchan for ideas, and at one point is it like being nudgy? I think it really depends on the shatran that the parent is working with. And I think they should just ask them directly, like, how do you like to communicate best? Mm -hmm. Would you prefer a phone call? Would you prefer WhatsApp? Would you prefer email? Um, it's, you know, everybody has their own system. And I think, you know, I, I know certain shatranim, they really only operate by email. And I really try to respect that mm -hmm. when I email them. I email them because this way they have all their files in their email. They know, you know what I'm saying? Like, everybody has their own structure. Okay. I tell people who call yeah. me that it's okay to remind me once a week. Are they going to be a nudge? I don't know. I feel like it doesn't feel nudgy when I get a, a, a WhatsApp. It just it just puts their their child even more on the map for me or reminds me. And it's a good thing. Do I have 900 messages on average an hour? Yes. Wow. But that's okay because that's okay because that's the shlich. You understand what I'm saying? But I don't know. Everybody's yeah. different. I think it's very important. These are good questions for parents to consult with the shots when they're working with closely, you know, about, right. about right. these things. Go ahead. Right. Because it really does depend on the shadchan, if that's the way that they communicate. Like, you know, if they're okay with you letting them WhatsApp them all the time, then that's fine. But if not, then maybe not. Right. Exactly. Okay. So now I'm going to ask you a question that's kind of like flipping it on the shadchan's perspective. And I think parents would probably want to hear what practical guidance is the shadchan supposed to give? Like, is it the shadchan's job to tell the parents where the couple is going to meet? Is it the shadchan's job to say how long the dates should be and how far apart? Is it the shadchan's job to give advice? What is that role? What guidance should the shadchan be giving? Right. So I, I think it's a very delicate balance between mm -hmm. being available to offer the benefit of experience and also not to micromanage because, like right. I said earlier, the Abishter has a plan. These things develop exactly how God wants them to develop. And we, you know, our job is primarily to stay out of the way. However, um, <laughs> I do, I do see, you know, I always joke that, you know, when I, when I get too tired, my next, uh, my next uh, job should be a travel agent because I can tell you great spots for meetings in every single city in the U.S. and internationally in Europe and everywhere. It's really fun. Wow. Very wow. But so and, and my point is I would tell parents and the, their singles take advantage of mm -hmm. the experience that the shotsman has. You know, I'm 
I very often give, you know, guidance. I often encourage the singles to call me themselves before and after every meeting so that I could encourage, I could tell them, I could help them answer any questions they might have. Every person is different and every question is, every every person has the things that they're on, that's on their mind that they're thinking about um, to suggest places to go, to suggest, you know, amount of time, to suggest what to bring, to suggest what to do and what not to do. Um, and if a person feels like they have enough, uh, you know, internal guidance and that's something that would put pressure on them or would stress them out or would make them feel in any way micromanaged, then no problem, you know, backing off a little bit. I just encourage people to, you know, take advantage, so to speak, of right. the experience and expertise that people have so that they could be as ultimate, you know, how do you call that? Optimally helpful as possible. Right. So you're saying like if the Shabchan anyways knows that information, like you may as well ask because it can be helpful for someone. Right. 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 Okay. Right. okay. So this is, a, this is, I think, a hard one. And it probably would, you know, come, I mean, you'll, you'll let us know, but it might come down more to like the specifics of the couple and the family. But when would you say that the communication with the Shabchan ends and it is passed on to the couple that's dating? The answer is exactly like you said. It's very, very, very specific to the couple. But I'll say this. Mm -hmm. I often encourage, like I went to speak in uh, a bunch of seminaries in Eretz school was time. And I told all the girls the same thing. My my best piece of advice is be in touch with the Shachan directly if if you can be. It's very helpful, like we said before. And also to keep the Shachan involved literally, literally till the end, even if the couple is communicating between themselves about logistics and even if the couple is communicating themselves about what's going on, because very often, endless, countless times, you know, a shatran is there to be supportive to the parents and to the singles themselves throughout the process. And it may be, it may take a different turn, like it may not be about the logistics, and it may turn into something else. Right. But overall, it's pretty smart to keep the shatran in the loop, because the shatran is there to help, you know? Right. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, I'll add that, you know, often being yeah. fun, I'm, I'm really, really like not asking and just, you know, kind of waiting and watching because like right. I said, I really don't want to micromanage. But um, here and there things come up. And if they come up and the shots is sort of out of the loop, then they're not able to help as effectively as they could. So it'd be better to keep them in the loop, even not like for every detail, just so that if they are needed, they're already looped into what's going on. Correct. Find the okay. that feels comfortable and that you feel comfortable speaking with so that you can, right. can be an ongoing culture of communication. Yeah, and that, it's like natural like that. Mm. Okay, so this is, you know, this does happen where, you know, a couple goes out and they date maybe one or two times or maybe more times and then it doesn't end up panning out. So in a situation like that, does a shadchan get paid for that? And I guess that it probably depends. I mean, I don't know. You'll, I guess you'll let us know. Will it depend on the amount of dates that they went on? If it was just a one and done, or if it was like a lot more than that, how does that work? I can't answer for anybody else. I don't, I really don't know what, what, what other people do and what their, mm -hmm. what their uh, process is. I know that I don't like have an official, you know, I don't have any sort of price schedule or amount. And I think that a lot of Shatranam that do a state what their expectations are in the beginning. And very often when people call me in the beginning, they ask me, you know, tell me a little bit about uh, pricing. Tell me a little bit about what it'll look like. And in my own personal, you know, what, what works for me is to just, you know, tell people that I don't 
I don't do it that way, that if I have the schus to, to do the shidduch, then, you know, they'll send shidduchanas, and that if I, that if for whatever reason I'm involved in something, you know, and they send something, it is appropriate. It's the right thing to do. We'll show appreciation right. for somebody who spent a lot of time on your child. And I think the amount mm -hmm. of times or the amount of effort, I think often people do. I find across the board, I will tell you that people are very appreciative and people um, acknowledge the time that people put in, you know, for the most part, if they can. Um, yeah. And it's really just very individual. Got it. That makes sense. Okay. So another question. Um, unfortunately, there are, like, we do find that broken engagements, unfortunately, do exist. Do you have any tips um, on how to prevent a broken engagement? Okay. I will tell you that I, Baruch Hashem, Baruch Hashem, do not have too much experience with this. Oh, However, Hashem, however, um, from people that I speak to, even if I was not involved in their process and they're getting engaged, being transparent about things that are going to come up later that could be deal breakers is critical. And I think that the community as a whole is getting better and better at that. So that's, mm -hmm. that's a very big, that's a very big factor. Um, and uh, while this is a little bit um, new age um, and I, I, uh, I just have seen the, you know, the impact I do. I do encourage people to take time not to rush the process because when People take the time. Obviously, you know, Lashita Senu, we only meet with purpose, with function. We don't meet just um, to have fun or just because it's nice and why rush into the next step. But when there are yeah. any questions or when meetings are functional, like they're 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 uh, meeting, there's a purpose to them, even mm -hmm. if the purpose is just to get comfortable, to get settled, to see if Mishikh Halev develops, et cetera, I really encourage people to take time. So I don't, those those would be you know my thoughts on uh, what's a yeah a very stressful and scary subject. Yeah. Okay. So I guess okay that kind of leads me into. Do you think that there is and what would you say would be considered like dragging out the process too long? Like if a couple is dating and they're like they're they're saying yes because they don't have a reason to say no. Let's say so they keep going out, but there's no like neither of them are seeing a specific end in sight anywhere is there a time when you would say that it's like it's taking time but it's taking too much time and it you know do, do you have experience with that way too much experience with that I, I would I would I would honestly answer the the rule of thumb is progress needs to be happening progress needs uh -huh. to be being made so when a couple is going out and it's dragging and they're going out and they're and going out however they're able to one or both of them is able to express that actually going out is helping them and they're making progress. And each time they go out, they move a large step, a medium step, a baby step in the direction that they need to be going towards clarity one way or the other. Then to me, the timing is irrelevant. The amount of time, the length of time is less relevant than the amount of progress that's being made, even if the progress is slow. Uh -huh. If, however, a couple is, is going out and there really is absolutely no function and they've they've learned everything that they feel they could learn at this stage then it's a question it's a question for the shatran a question for a mashpia to try to figure out what's going on is there a break that's needed is there another you know another focus another way to address it so you know it's it's a, again this is where a, an experienced shatran can be very helpful i know that 
really everybody should be a shatran. This we we know because uh, this uh, it's a it's a tremendous tremendous shlichus and schos, and everybody can yeah. make a shidduch. And 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 they say that the majority or a large percentage of shidduchim do come about through family and friends. And I see yeah. it. I really see it. It's very beautiful. And when somebody knows two people and they have this, they have the the vision. It's an incredible thing. And I and I. I think it should be really, really encouraged. I also think that uh, an experienced shatran probably should be brought into most situations. Time and again, I do find that um, when somebody is not experienced or um, really, really just is not, it just doesn't have that, um, the strength in the navigating piece, it could actually be somewhat damaging. So I think that it's important that either an experienced shatran be brought in or an experienced shatran be consulted with. Uh-huh. Okay. Okay. So a little earlier, you mentioned um, when we were talking about preventing broken engagements, you mentioned that like anything, like communication should be open and things that need to be said should be said so that it doesn't ever end up where like something wasn't said and then that could cause, you know, strife or, you know, something not so happy. So with that, is it the Shadchan's responsibility to disclose, let's say the Shadchan knows um, a certain thing about like a health situation, the Shadchan happens to know this piece of information. Is it then the Shadchan's job to disclose that to the other side? I hope I'm answering this question by saying that you know, very often a Shadchan will know the information and they'll have right. a conversation, in my opinion, they should have a conversation with the parents and with the single to determine how the not if the information should be disclosed because it must be disclosed. I'm assuming yeah. we're talking about something that must be disclosed, but the question is how. Right. And I was just speaking to a set of parents last night, and I was telling them there's a few options. You know, it's something I could either disclose on the outset, as these people are looking into their child, or it's something that their own child could disclose when a rav paskins. It's the appropriate time to disclose, which many rabban and paskin. Uh, meeting number three or four, or when it's starting to get serious, and every everybody is, it's very distinctly different depending on the situation. Or they could disclose through me, and I won't read it, or I won't, you understand what I'm saying? Like, there's so many different ways okay, of right. disclosing the information, and, and I find that people really do disclose. I do feel that mm -hmm. people don't burden their children, chas with this this feeling that they didn't disclose something. But I think it, every individual family and person needs to figure out how to disclose it in a way that is fair to them and fair to the other person. And mm -hmm. I often encourage people, ask your shatran and ask, you know, a dating coach or whatever it is, which maybe you'll get to, but my point is ask, mm -hmm. ask um, how, what they think, how it should be disclosed, what's the best way and, and consult. Okay. Okay, so I guess since you touched on this, we'll go to this one. Um, what would you say is the difference between a dating coach and a shadchan? Because obviously they're not the same thing and they play different roles. So what are each of their roles and how are they different? Um, sometimes shadchanim are dating coaches. That's the truth because they just have a ton okay. of experience. But the mila of a dating coach can be that they are just completely and totally objective. Very often a dating coach doesn't even know who the person is meeting. They don't have to be speaking to both sides. They don't have to be in quotes, burdened by the feelings that start getting involved and that feeling of like, uh oh, I'm gonna be in a position of, of having to share something hurtful with, with the other side. And 
I don't want to do that. So let me encourage, you know what I'm saying? Like and sometimes a shot can right. be, I always tell people that I speak to that the truth is that the reason why I'm quite, a, meaning I, I consider uh, Shidduch having this supposed to be involved in a Shidduch, a, a huge, a very big responsibility. And therefore yeah. it is not in my interest to push a Shidduch that is not um, working out. Um, but then again, a coach right. or a shatchan is never going to tell a person what to do. It's only going to help them um, figure out how to go about finding out what to do. And a dating coach can be very helpful in that way because sometimes just like fresh eyes to say, okay, this is mm -hmm. what you're struggling with. Here's how you're going to figure it out. Or here's how I would suggest you figure it out, which can be very, very helpful. I very often, you know, I find that a situation, I'm sorry, yeah. I'm just saying like, if I'm in a situation where I see that I think the situation needs fresh eyes, or I feel like there's a certain lack of objectivity. You understand what I'm saying? Sometimes in my own case, like yeah. if I'm working with a family member, do you understand what I'm saying? Like if I feel like there's a certain lack of objectivity, yes, yes. or I just feel like this is a person who really could use guidance in how they're representing themselves and how they're expressing themselves and how they're finding out what they need to find out. I often send them to a you know qualified dating coach. Mm -hmm. Right. So sometimes like for yourself, it's nice to send them off to someone for an objective view. And sometimes for them themselves, they need someone else to be able to go through this process. Yes. Okay. So, okay. Another, I guess, another aspect of someone that might need to be involved in the shidduch process, potentially, I don't think this is usual, but it could definitely happen that a rav would need to get involved. When would you say would be a time when like the situation is beyond the scope of a parent or and beyond the scope of the shadchan, and if a dating coach is involved, even beyond that, and when would it need to be passed off to a rav? I'm sure there are many, many different instances, but yeah, I think in general, in this part in shaduchim, very often, the reason why a rav is consulted is either because there's a question about, you know, a private disclosure, mm -hmm. um, and the rav needs to paskin on, you know, what's the, what's the appropriate. Uh, uh, way of going about it. And I think very often a Rav is, um, has to be called in to consult on whether or not there's a cause for asking Mechila if such, if a situation, uh, you know, perhaps went on a, a long time and there was the Shatchan felt that there was a lack of closure by mm -hmm. one party or both parties. And there's a sense that perhaps a, if there's a sense that a wrong was, you know, done to the other person, then sometimes the rav has to be called in. In my experience, okay. that's what I've seen. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay, so nowadays, I think there are people that would say that nowadays it is difficult to navigate shidduchim. So is there anything that you would suggest for parents to do that they can help the process not be so difficult? Like either like collectively, like as parents, what should they do? Or like individually in their case, what can they do to help their children? Um, so I feel like we touched on a bunch of those things, especially in the beginning, um, just about the, the best thing to do is to really um, have a culture of communication with your child and which you're mm -hmm. really understanding what your child is looking for. Um, and and really, really trying to zoom in on on what they're asking for. Um, support for your child to speak to the shatran, to speak to the dating coach if that's necessary, for them to speak to their mashpia, which often is a very important component. Um, to really uh, often, sometimes it's a therapist, meaning to get the help that sometimes people need. Right. 
Um, And finally, to really develop, I I can't say it enough, because I think that I found that people sometimes are hesitant to, um, you know, people want to be mentioned and they don't want to over overtax the shatran that they're working with and they don't want to take advantage and maybe an idea came from somewhere else and they don't want to, they, you know, they're, they're not sure if they are allowed to burden somebody who didn't, you know, and I think that, that that's something that's such an important, such an important gift that a person could give themselves. And I know I'm speaking to myself as well. You know what I'm saying? Like I have, I have kids of age, you know what I'm saying? Like it's, 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 uh, and I have worked married children. I, I, I think it's important to develop a relationship with a person that's helping you through such a vulnerable, um, emotionally charged journey. Mm-hmm. You know, I, yeah, I tease, I tease my, my kids Shatranim, that I was like, probably the most uh, complicated parent of all, you know what I'm saying? You know, the, the shoemaker. <laughs> Um, yeah. But just because 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 it's really vulnerable and you're not and you and you don't know you know how much you can you know ask and 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 really and yeah. I think it's important that people feel the freedom to do that with a person that they feel they really can trust because it, it is you can't you can't the, the fact that the process is difficult and kosher kriyas yamsuf is not yeah. uh, is not you know it's not going away it's just how can we navigate right, it right. most effectively. Right. So you're saying like having that support of someone that really knows you can make it like an easier process to go through. Correct. And maybe perhaps involving people that can be supportive, like with the shotgun as well. For example, a a friend of yours who can speak up for the family, but you don't know if the shotgun really understood what you were trying to say. You understand what Mm -hmm. I'm saying? Yeah. 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 Okay, so I'm going to end off with one more question, and then if you have anything else that you want to add, um, please feel, please do. Um, but I'm going to end off with this. So let's say you know a couple they they date, they meet, Baruch Hashem, it's going well, and they get engaged. Mazel tov. Um, then do you, as the shabchen, get involved? Also, are you at all involved in their engagement period? So you have to understand that Baruch Hashem, I have. You know, I make a lot of friends and these girls and these boys become right, friends. Right. And then things come up. So the answer is a resounding yes. I'm very, very involved very often mm-hmm. throughout the engagement period. And Baruch Hashem for good things, you know, for the yeah. most part. And sometimes, you know, natural, you know, concerns come up or discussions or and and sometimes a person needs to be able to speak to somebody objective to just see where they could get some support for something specific. So, yeah, the answer is um, yes. Okay. Thank you so, so much. That was amazing. Is there anything else that you want to end off with? If not, that's totally fine. But if there is, feel free. Just give everybody a bracha that they should find easy, beautiful shaduchim for their children um, exactly at the time that the Abisha decides and that they decide is the right, perfect time. And, uh, you know, everyone should have the source of seeing beautiful Yiddish homes being built. Amen. Thank you. Thank you so much. Wow, that was amazing. Thank you so much, Hani. If you enjoyed this episode and would like to sponsor next week's featuring a halacha conversation with renowned Rabbanim, please reach out to podcast at mikvah.org. Thank you for listening and have a wonderful rest of your day. We hope you enjoyed today's recording. Please take a moment to leave a rating or a review to help others find the podcast. We welcome you to support our vital work at mikvah.org forward slash donate. For feedback, 
please email podcast at mikvah.org. Have a wonderful day. Thank you.